Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Wednesday in Sound of Play we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 163, actually it's a welcome back to Jacob Geller. Hello, thanks for having me back. Yep, yeah, we uh, we loaned you out effectively uh, in the style of a, of a football club, uh, as we say over here, as soccer to you. Um, we had an approach from a, from a bigger club to take... Uh, to take one of our star young players on loan to give That's them right. to give them from f- some first team experience. Uh, yeah, it doesn't so... actually work that way around in, in, in <laughs> football, but we'll go with the analogy. Uh, yeah, and but the 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 deal is when so you 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 were an intern at Game Informer. Uh, That's if right. People haven't been following. Uh, so you do is it, how long how long do you do that? It was it was about three months from mm. from May to August. Cool and yeah, and at the end there they 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 have a is it a podcast and a video cast or a vodcast or, or yes, I, it's it's the same audio and then they just sure. video it so you know the really devoted yeah. listeners can find out what everyone looks like. I know we had we had a request to do that on the Patreon recently to do our uh, our recordings as videos, but it wouldn't be quite the same because obviously we're all in remote locations. So uh, and yeah. Uh, it's complicated but uh yeah so that was cool it was nice um you got to uh, we saw you sitting in the plush offices of uh big big gaming media as it were <laughs> and uh, they were very complimentary there about your you and your two uh intern colleagues input over the previous three months i felt yes yeah i think i mean I'm sure they tell it to all the intern groups but they seem to really <laughs> you were like the best us intern group, and yeah, yeah that, that felt good yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, well, to tie it into our opening piece today, um, you've been 
telling us behind the scenes at Kane and Rince about Beat Saber for some time now. Uh, we've we've certainly picked up on it. Um, our VR fans such as Jay are well into the idea of it. I saw the video of the guy doing the Darth Maul thing, playing Beat Saber, and thought, wow, that looks amazing. I love rhythm action. I love um, uh, sort of, I do like games where you, where they, they incorporate a new kind of, control interface especially you know if it's done well um this this looks like more than just waggle when in the right hand so you had the opportunity at game informer to uh, get all your work done I, I noticed you pointed that out <laughs> and then and then uh, and squirrel yourself away into the vr area and play a lot of this uh this yeah incredible looking rhythm action game um for those who aren't aware tell us what beat saber is and why you like it so much Right, so so Beat Saber is uh, it's a rhythm game where you hit notes coming at you, very similar to Guitar Hero or Rock Band or whatever, except uh, you're in VR, and so the notes are flying directly at your face, and instead of a guitar, you're holding two lightsabers, one in each hand, <laughs> and each, each lightsaber corresponds to one of the notes that you have to hit. And so the game has you doing... Uh, almost a dance in order to kind of like hit the different notes of the songs in rhythm and as with any other kind of rhythm game uh, a different type of song can bring a very different kind of feel to the game yeah and so yeah you're kind of like um, when you're playing it it looks like I've only seen it from the outside and and you posted a couple of videos up of of you playing it um, which uh, as you said like in your head it probably feels like you look much cooler than you actually do on the outside oh exactly I mean it's it's literally the the old viral video Star Wars kid like that's that's what everyone looks like is just wildly flailing around with a helmet on but but when you're in there and you can see that you've got You've got these glowing swords that you're holding. Uh, it's it is really maybe the best encapsulation I've experienced of that the flow state. You know where right. you just stop thinking about anything else. It's really mm. uh, just kind of all consuming. There's some lawnmower man stuff going on here, isn't there? Uh, yes. The idea of you know somebody who is perhaps uh, awkward or ungainly IRL, but then they go into this virtual space and they become this kind of rhythmic neon dancing god. Uh, it's something very interesting about that. And I'm sure billions of words have been written and will be written about uh, how we how we uh how we change when we go into the matrix kind of thing. But yeah, um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you as, as mm. someone who struggles to find uh, motivation for exercise, I came uh, out yes. of those sessions really sweating, like yeah. very, very much, you know, tired out from the, from the things. And I think, you know, in, in the similar ways to the people who lost hundreds of pounds playing DDR or whatever, yeah, this could be, you know, if I if I got some like arm weights or whatever to attach while I was playing it, I could right. see putting myself on a real fitness regimen here. Absolutely. Just fill fill the controllers with water or and don't literally do that because that's <laughs> yeah, dangerous and like they that. would break. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, weighted weighted handles or whatever. That's a that's a brilliant idea. And yeah, um, I understand that people who do have uh, certain qualms about the sedentary state of playing video games um, and how that isn't necessarily healthy for our human animal minds that where we do need to get moving at some point during the day. I think this is something that we've seen uh, like uh, streamers and YouTubers starting to suffer from probably, you know, weird mental health situations because they're hardly moving, you know, and they're only interacting with people via 
comms and screen at least this gets you actually up and out of your seat and in the same way that um our tony of, of cana rinse got majorly into the drumming on rock band like he, he got himself you know tip-top kit and devoted hours to i mean he doesn't need to get fit or get outdoors because he's a gardener for 70 hours a week but you take my point <laughs> you know exactly i mean and and the kind of the feeling of hitting something correctly with your whole body rather than just a button is is quite addicting you know i when i was sure. playing that i could see why people would get into everything from you know zumba to whatever whatever kind of dance form you'd like to do totally because the ddr thing as well yeah yeah it's 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 much more visceral than just kind of hitting b at the correct time or whatever you're really yeah. you're you're putting your the full force of your arms behind it and in beat saber the harder you swing the more points you get so they really want you right. to be wailing oh, okay. on those notes that's a cool mechanic and so you what um what uh, vr i'm not an expert on vr uh i'm still an you know a non-convert but it's games like this which are you know kind of selling me on the idea more and more what what setups is it playable on is it playable on all the current pc kit so it's yeah it's it's certainly on vive and oculus i'm not sure about the other kind of uh third party ones whatever Mm. And it's coming to PSVR as yes. well, but the catch for me is that um, I spent 95% of my time with Beat Saber playing custom songs that people yeah. had made, which were all licensed, of course, and mm. I don't think PSVR will get that kind of support. And so while no. tracks like the one that we played at the beginning, I really like, uh, the most fun I had was playing like Mr. Blue Sky or X Gonna Give It To You or something like that, sure. which were, wow. you know, yeah. probably hard to get the rights to. Yeah, that's uh, that's always the advantage with uh, with PC based um, uh, music games uh, flying in the face of, uh, of of copyright law as much as we do here on Sound of Play. But um what was the game uh, or or uh, audio? What was it called? Audio Surf was that the one a few years oh, ago? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of that game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, anyway, very cool thing. Hopefully, we'll cover it on the show someday when we're all we're all VR beings and uh, and everyone's played Beat Saber. Um, I know you could talk about it for hours, and I'm I'm absolutely fascinated by it. But uh, yeah, so that track was by Yaroslav Beck. Is it just one composer on the official song list, or is it a is it a collaboration? No, they have they have a variety, and and I believe the songs are written for the game. At least this one certainly is. Um, right, but hence the name. But they don't seem. You know, they seem like songs that could be played in a club or whatever. They're all very EDM yeah, yeah. inspired, um, but they've got different genres and different composers. Excellent. Right. Well, next up, uh, interspersed with your selections, we also have some requests from the community as usual. Uh, and it turns out I, I was checking uh, back through the, the list. We, we do occasionally play a, a track a, a second or even third time, sometimes even more for really popular ones. I was checking we hadn't featured this particular piece before. Turns out, even though Hollow Knight has very much been... Uh, seemingly uh the love child of 2018 with its appearance on switch uh it did actually sell some um, some million copies on pc and mac in 2017 and this is actually the fifth time we featured a piece from hollow knight so i so i, I guess i can claim that we're kind of you know we're hollow knight hipsters here Max Stat requested this piece called Crossroads. Max Stat says the game is called Hollow Knight. It's a Metroidvania style game in a weird bug world with a very eerie atmosphere. Its soundtrack fits this mysterious world perfectly. Indeed it does. Let's hear Crossroads by Christopher Larkin.
from Team Cherry's 2017 game, although you might not know it based on the game's media coverage. Uh, it did actually come out last year and did rather well on yeah, Steam. Yeah, no, it was it was my favorite game last year, and I, ah, and I also was like excited. I don't, I didn't, I didn't take the hipster thing too seriously. I was mostly glad that everyone was playing it on <laughs> totally. Switch again because then I yeah. could be like, yes, this is what I've been saying for six months. I'm a lame hipster in that I had it on my Steam wish list. Uh, but didn't get around to buying it. But when it arrived on Switch, uh, I fell into the into the uh, into the hype zone and uh, and bought myself uh, for my Switch. But uh, in traditional fashion, haven't played it properly yet. Only dabbled so far. But I've heard uh, our Josh in particular, and also Sean Bell and uh, James Farley on the Computer Game Show, uh, absolutely raving about the experience. Um, yeah, and the version you get on Switch um, includes all the previous bits and bobs they added on for the PC version, which came in in waves, I believe. And mm-hmm. it's all it's kind of three lots of three or four lots of stuff now that's kind of seamlessly integrated with the yes, with the main game. I would I would think it would be hard to tell what was original and what was new if you were just playing through it for the first time because they really they put everything in very well. Mm. Um, and it was such it was such a huge game when it came out. The idea of there now being three sizable expansions on top of right. that you could play that game forever yeah yeah and it's yeah it's like a, it's, it's around the the 10 english pounds mark or thereabouts it's really it's a, an insane value prospect uh if you like it um definitely worth checking out based on yeah pretty much all accounts that i've heard next up another game that's on my wish list uh this is uh your selection from night in the woods uh, tell us about the game and your selection of die anywhere else jacob yeah so night in the woods is um if we're gonna if we're gonna continue to use hipster i mean night in the woods is is one of those kind of like new independent games where it looks like a platformer but really you just spend all your time talking to people and everyone is a a fluffy cute animal character but really what you talk about is dropping out of college and economic anxiety and all those other very real life very not fun things um and yeah. and I really like it. I, it's it's one of my favorite games this year. Certainly, uh, from a script perspective, it's just it's very it's very funny. It's very well written, um, and also it has these sections that are back on the rhythm game train, mm. almost uh, almost like Guitar Hero, where you're just playing on your controller, but your character May plays the bass, and you have a kind of band. And uh, and so your your friends will kind of drag you in and have you play a song and you'll do a little music video and and hit the notes as they come down the track. Mm. Um, and so Die Anywhere Else is one of those. And I really like this one because even though it doesn't have sung lyrics, it has them at the bottom of the screen while you're playing. And the song is written so that you can really hear where those lyrics would be. It's very easy to kind of sing it along in your head while you're just playing the game and i think it's you know it's it's a simple song but i like that they were able to kind of incorporate like oh okay if if we had lyrics over this song this is exactly where they would be
that's Alec Holofka and Scott Benson with Die Anywhere Else. One thing I was wondering, I don't know if you know, but I know you're very much on top of all things gaming. You've just had a, a stint as uh, as an unpaid pro, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> the developers of Night in the Woods are credited as three different teams. Do you know how that worked out? So we've got Infinite Fall, Secret Lab and 22nd Century Toys. Is that for different versions or is that uh, it, is it some sort of collaboration between teams of, of independent developers? Do you know? I, I truly don't know. I mean, and it's it's funny because I followed Scott Benson on Twitter forever. And so I think of him as the sole creator of Night in the Woods, which oh, really? of course okay. he's not. But mm. but I think his, his voice is in a lot of the writing, especially. And so it's right. him who I associate most closely. Um, hmm. But I truly have no idea how the, the breakdown of studios and credit has gone there. Interesting. So it's not like a crazy one-person joint like uh, Stardew Valley or uh, Undertale, one of those where one you know ridiculous auteur who can do everything has, has cobbled this brilliant game together. Which it's, is... it's not, but I think it is like a three-person joint. I, I okay. think it's still very, very small team. But They've just more, all given themselves a studio person. name. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Uh, now we have a, a piece from uh, a beloved series, uh, a much uh, bigger concern in terms of uh, visibility and budget dingle dongle from the forum requests a piece from the less talked about entry in the series dark souls 3 but dingle dongle says not since gwyn have i had to step back metaphorically and think about how far i had come and when i killed the younger prince for the first time i felt shivers this is lorian elder prince and lothric younger prince by yuka kitamura
Dark Souls 3, the 2016 Dark Souls game, the one that we haven't yet covered on the main Kane and Rinse podcast. Uh, are you a Dark Souls guy, Jacob? I can't remember if we've talked Souls before. Oh, oh yes, very much so. Uh, in I fact, you I was. Be. I, I was glad seeing this track list because last time uh, many of the community picks were well before my time. But yeah, yeah. Um, in, in this I one, may I've have played... skewed them into the modern world uh, for for a semi theme show and also, you know, to, to pander to your, your millennial ways, Jacob. Yes, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but I was I was really glad to see this track on here because, as you said, Dark Souls 3 is maybe the least... Uh, least progressive of the bunch in that it mm-hmm. didn't seem to really move move the series forward um but that being said it has hands down my favorite collection of bosses taken as a whole i think oh, really? that they're okay. almost all of you know the highest quality and mm. this one specifically this fight is just so bizarre so kind of unnerving have you have you played it have you gone through no, I, I, I'm a, uh, a bit of a Souls, uh, I'm, not, I'm not an unbeliever, but I'm very much still at the start of my Souls journey. <laughs> sure. Um, so so this, this fight is two people, as the track suggests, the Elder Prince and the Younger Prince. And the Elder One is uh, so large that he kind of has to crawl on his hands and knees around the arena and is, right. is kind of stabbing you and teleporting at you. And then the Younger Prince is clinging to his back in this hmm. weird, almost childlike way. Right. And and if you kill the older one, then the younger one resurrects him. And they're kind of like <sighs> mumbling to each other. And, and the music is really haunting, as mm. you just heard. And it's, it's a bizarre fight in a game where you're used to just kind of fighting armored people around your size. This is, they're two human enemies, but they don't, move like them and mm. and so it's a really interesting encounter sounds kind of creepy i quite like the sound of that yes yeah dark souls mm. 3 walks that line very well of like these figures don't seem malevolent as much as just kind of tragic just just sad <laughs> wonderful now back to uh rhythm action but in this case uh again again i haven't played but i believe it's uh what you could call a rhythm action roguelike is that fair Something like that. It's a it's a weird combination of genres. So Crypt of the Necro Dancer uh, was originally a PC and Steam game in the way that a lot of these uh, independent projects are before making its way over to multiple formats. You can play this pro- probably pretty much anywhere. And perhaps one of the uh, one of the main standout reasons to do so, if you were a Super Meat Boy fan, is the Danny Baranowski soundtrack. Um yeah, so obviously you're, you you enjoy a bit of rhythm action um, and you enjoy, we've just heard you talking about Dark Souls. So does this sort of mesh disparate it's, gaming experiences together in a nice way? It's, it's an interesting one. Um, I really like, I mean, I've spent uh, uh, just an incalculable amount of time on uh, The Binding of Isaac is, yeah. is really my kind of drug of choice. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Danny did the the track for the first one, but not the kind of re-release, the Rebirth. Um, That's right, yeah. And and while Rebirth is a better game in almost every way, or at least a a bigger game, uh, it certainly is. It it lost something in the soundtrack because mm. because Danny Baranowski can just make these tracks that really kind of get at the soul of a game. Almost, I mean, they're incredibly 
video gamey, you know, as uh, maybe it's ironic to use that phrase on a a (laughs) podcast like this, but, but, you know, there you hear them and you immediately know kind of the genre, the feel of the game, whatever, but you could just listen to them forever. And that's kind of what, what these are designed to do. Is this the sort of game like Binding of Isaac, which is a game that I've sunk many, many hours into that you can uh, dedicate that level of time to my 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 sort of assumption was based on having watched some footage of it. I think uh, Darren did a quick rinse for us some years ago, probably when it was uh, probably even in early access or something before it came out in 2015. Was that it? Um, it might not be such a, a lengthy experience because obviously where uh, a lot of roguelikes have procedurally generated stuff. Does does this being having this rhythm action element has it still got that, or is it more uh, scripted um, curated levels? It's, I believe the levels are randomly generated, but uh, right. where it falls down in terms of replayability is the kind of variation of each run. You know, there, there are a, a bunch of items that kind of kind of change the flow, but not nearly as significantly as something like Binding of Isaac or, you know, Dead Cells more recently. It's mm. your, your gameplay experience is going to be very similar. And so it's just kind of mastering the systems as opposed to, you know, trying over and over for that one perfect run where you get all the lucky things. Um, I see. But I do, I do want to point out on this track specifically. So, all of the levels, of course, have have music because you need to hop along with them. But yeah. they also have um, a shopkeeper who, <laughs> if you're near him, will sing along with the music in this bizarre kind of like digital voice Mm. and and i think it's so funny and you can kind of tell when you're near a shop because you can hear his voice floating through the walls um wonderful and so and so this one specifically includes that shopkeeper singing along which gives it this kind of unearthly tone that i'm a big i wondered what that was (laughs) excellent all right let's hear it cryptech the shopkeeper singing version as it were by danny baranowski
concept of the Necro Dancer, as we say over here. Uh, 2015, yeah, check it out if you haven't already. A little, uh, yeah, uh, an interesting experiment. Uh, next up, we have a request from the forum, and this game, as it turns out, is celebrating its third anniversary this very day, as we record. That is on the 9th of September, another 2015 independent game. Uh, this is requested by Bloody Initiate. Lovers in a Dangerous Spacetime is a lovely little co-op game. I played through with my wife. This song immediately sets the tone for the game. I could explain more, but I think the song is good enough that I don't have to. All right, this is Nova Limits by Ryan Henwood featuring Adam Axeby. bases lovers in a dangerous space-time as with uh, many of the games we've uh, featured in this sound of play it's available on pc mac xbox one playstation 4 and switch so wherever you want to play it uh, yeah recommend to grab a friend i've played the first few sections with a pal um, and it was indeed very entertaining um it's got elements, I suppose if you imagine, uh, this is my elevator pitch, it's uh, Overcooked Meets FTL. Yes, exactly. That's a that's a very good description of it. Um, <laughs> and it's also like um, Affordable Space Adventures, was that, was that what it was called? The, uh, the Wii U one. Yes, uh, yes. Similar, conceptually quite similar, yeah. So you played Lovers. I yeah I've I've dabbled I haven't I haven't sunk a lot of time into it but I think it's it's very cute you know it's a game that I'm kind of I'm glad it exists and and if I had a bunch of people over exactly it might be something that we'd find ourselves playing it's what you need committed uh, a committed gaming partner uh, pal or wife yeah whatever uh, yeah to, sure to something get the most like out of to get the most out of lovers in a dangerous space time but again listeners check it out and I uh, hope you enjoyed that tune. Uh, another indie darling 
uh, from the last three or thereabouts years. Next, uh, Jacob requests from the Beginner's Guide. Uh, what do you like about this one? Uh, whew, so, so the Beginner's Guide is one of my one of my kind of big games, which I know is. Uh, you know it's 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 quite young it hasn't really had time to settle into the culture yet but it really just the number of times that i think about Mm. this game while going about my life Mm -hmm. uh is is quite high and i've written about it for cane and rinse before which you can find if you i don't know google cane and rinse the beginner's guide it's up there Um, com. go our search engine is actually very good uh on the uh on the wordpress site we have so yeah just uh, do that click on the magnifying glass um yeah but so so the the game is kind of this uh series of vignettes where one person is showing you the the creations of another person and and all the creations are kind of these little experimental games kind of prototypes um and then the end of the game really recontextualizes what those prototypes are or kind of your relationship with them and so most of the discussion of the game is kind of about the end, um, which makes sense. Mm. But also, I think in and of themselves, these little games that you're playing are really interesting. They're they're things where, uh, like, you can you can only walk backwards through a level, or uh, you know, you go into a jail cell, and then in the game, you would have to wait one real life hour of just yeah. standing there before yeah. the the game would open again. And they're intentionally kind of inaccessible. But uh, th- that's that's kind of part of the you know the modern art of it is mm-hmm. is that maybe it's not meant to be enjoyed every time, and so this track just goes along with some of those, and you can hear it's kind of it's kind of being played backwards. It has has these weird kind of like rising and falling notes, and and I just I really like the way that it plays on that kind of feeling of modern art that's maybe not catering to the player so directly.
Everything Unlimited Limited's The Beginner's Guide. That's uh, Shutter by Ryan Roth from that game. As I say, another 2015 game. Still only available on computers, PC and Mac, I believe. No console versions of that. Would it work? I don't know. I, I mean, I think it it's... You know, it's just not to not to diminish it too much, but it's just a walking simulator. You know, I think I think that you could probably put it in. Plenty um, of the others have come over of, of this type of uh, this type of experience, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah, and and people talk about the Stanley Parable so much for good yeah. reason that mm. it kind of boggles my mind that uh, this isn't as appreciated. You know, mm. you you would think more people would have kind of followed along, but uh, I still feel like it's in relative obscurity. Well, maybe we'll cover it on the uh, the other podcast someday, Kane and Rin's main show, as it were, and uh, we'll have some deep dive discussion around the beginner's guide. Uh, now, breaking with sequence, uh, for reasons which will become apparent, we're going to have uh, Jacob's final selection for this particular sound of play. And uh, this, I had, I was aware of the title. I think possibly even somebody else had requested a piece from it uh or possibly you talked to me about it before the norwood suite um but yes it's not something i know too much about so uh give us the uh, give us the skinny right it's a it's another very weird game that's kind of what i've what i've gone with today on my picks um but the the norwood suite is kind of like uh another walking simulator type or maybe adventure game where you're just mm. visiting this weird hotel and it's yeah. full of jazz you know everything in the hotel is kind of centered around music in different ways and there there are musicians that are visiting and and the legacy of the hotel is kind of tied up with different kinds of music and jazz um and as such it has a very good soundtrack and and the different locations in the hotel are really differentiated by their different uh like the different beats that are playing there and this is, uh, looking at the credits, uh, the track is by Cosmo D. The game is developed by Cosmo D. So this is more of a one-person deal? I I think so. I'm not I'm not sure because Cosmo Who D is, is one of those. Yeah, like is it yeah. is it 10 people? Is it one? Right. Um, I, I would encourage people to, if they're interested, there is a prequel of sorts called Off Peak that's on Steam and it's free. Um, so if... If this music does anything for you, just check out that because it's it's basically just a, a a smaller version of this game in terms of kind of its style and tone. So is the Norwood Suite like a ski resort or something? It's it's something like that. It's uh it seems kind of uh, Hotel California esque, where ah. <laughs> sometimes people people don't quite know why they've ended up there. Mm. But it's uh yeah, it's a very it's a very surreal game, and it's. But it's very funny, kind of more more in the the absurdism area than than kind of eerie horror. Cool. Well, let's hear this piece. Uh, see if it sets the mood nicely for the Norwood Suite. This is called Pool Gaze.
Cool Gaze from the Norwood Suite, also on computers. Uh, I've omitted uh, the years. It's another one from the last few years. I think, it, I think it came out last year in 2017. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely another one worth uh, investigation, I'm sure, listeners. Remember, please venture over to the forum, canorince.com slash forum. Or Twitter, if you want, at Kane and Rince. Use the hashtag Sound of Play. You could do so on the Facebook page as well, if you want. It's also worth uh, liking our Facebook page and following us, following us on Instagram. Uh, we uh, enjoy including selections by you for regular Sound of Play shows. As you've heard, we intersperse them. Uh, we always have a, a nice, decent pile of requests to incorporate, but we can always do with more. And uh, one of the things that Jacob and I, Jacob and I were discussing earlier was was the, the fact that we get to sometimes highlight a piece of music from games which perhaps were less widely played or less well-known, but where the, the music has, you know, obviously been uh, composed with just as much craft and love as, uh, as, as the stuff that we, we all know from the, from the famous games. So if you've got any deep cuts along those lines, remember to let us know. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from and leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever other platform you use. As I say, follow us on the social media places. And if you enjoy this show and the other shows that we make, if you could consider donating a dollar a month or more even, uh, patreon.com slash cane and rinse. It really does help us keep on running this uh, hugely unwieldy and time consuming project <laughs> that we love so much. Uh Jacob, thank you for coming back. Um, you know, we might have lost you forever. Oh no, my pleasure. I could, I could never stay away. <laughs> we might, we might yet lose you forever. Um, I think genuinely, uh, you're an extremely talented writer, and I, 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 you know, I hope you get to to do that full time. Unfortunately, we are not in a position to offer uh, paying gigs. Um, uh, as it turns out, neither is Game Informer. So you well, know, you're not right. alone in that sure sure yeah uh, and they've got loads of advertising and we have none so uh yeah uh it gives you a, it gives you a good inkling um but yes i imagine other opportunities will come your way but in the meantime i hope you'll be continuing to yeah write bits for us and hopefully come on the podcast some more next year if you're uh, if you're not in an exclusivity deal with you know one of the massive people out there no, I, I think with? I mean, you know, realistically, I think I'll I think I'll have plenty of time to come on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and also, I'll be on the uh, Call of Cthulhu one, uh, which is coming oh, out yes. next month or so, which cool. is uh, a weird game that I've just just started to dip my toes into. So that's okay. Be fun. Now, are you playing the PC version? I am. I'm playing the uh, the GOG one, which apparently has uh, got rid of the game breaking bugs, or okay. so I'm told. Fantastic. Yes, well, we've been trying to warn people because it's the first time really we've covered a game which uh, where one of the, maybe not the first time, but it's one of, one of the first I can remember where we we've decided and announced that we're covering a game where there's one there's at least one version out there which is barely. <laughs> barely workable um so yeah uh call of cthulhu dark corners of the earth uh the the original xbox version uh was functional i guess microsoft or you know the, the licensed uh platform holder made sure that that happened but obviously in the wild west of pc land the version that came out originally on disc and i think is on steam as well uh has i think various places where the game can just crap out and leave you with a no-win situation as yes. I understand it. Yeah, I mean, so the the one on GOG is not 
perfect to just and I think it stems from you know the game's core which means I've often kind of jumped into impossible places and had to to restart a save (laughs) but in terms of kind of the PC specific things they've added you know resolutions up to kind of modern convenient ones it has a a frame rate scaler Uh, controls are remappable so it's been Great. It's been fine. It, I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know, broke my keyboard yet or anything. Good stuff. Yeah, it should be a really interesting game to talk about. Uh, and there's another Cthulhu game in development. I can't remember who by or when it's coming out, but I know, I know it's happening. There have been a few over the years, but it's uh, right perhaps there. a. There's there are several. I think. I mean, oh, maybe okay. maybe they don't all have Cthulhu in the name, mm. but um, perhaps you know this is this is the time from Bloodborne to release. Where where developers have gone, oh, people really like Lovecraft. Let's right. let's put more of him in our games. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I th- I think we may have timed that to come out around Halloween if we were feeling clever. But we've also got a Ghouls and Ghosts show. So anyway, uh, spooky October coming your way. <laughs> uh, right. So this final piece is requested by uh, Mauricio MM on the forum, who says, "Warning: very long but very cool track." I haven't played this game, but I had to listen to some of its tracks as soon as its OST released. So yeah, this ties into what I was just saying about featuring uh, great music from games that perhaps were uh, not played by so many folks. Uh, This is Mirror's Edge Catalyst, uh, a sequel to a probably, I think we can call it a cult classic in that it was a game that um, was slightly niche from an EA standpoint uh, but it kind of gained a really strong following we covered it back uh, on Kane and Rince some time ago check that podcast out um, but the sequel was much requested by fans but when it arrived uh, it seems that maybe the developer took a direction that the fans of the original by and large on the whole weren't that keen on which was to rather than these very tight uh, sort of free-running courses that made up the first game uh, it kind of spread things out into more of an open world scenario, which, uh, which, as I understand it from people like Carl on the team who loved the original, totally missed the point. Right. You kind of, you kind of wish that it had stayed in that cult status, where you know maybe, maybe in another three years, uh, a group of small, uh, committed people would have gotten yeah. together and made a more direct sequel. But yeah, they kind of, um, you know, I, I, I don't like to to vilify the producers too much. But it seemed like EA really kind of EAified whatever Mirror's Edge originally was. <laughs> they did the big was. studio thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what a shame. Yeah, but I was I was thinking about the uh, the original the other day because I I can't think of a game that went for a an almost hyper realistic style when it mm. came out and still looks amazing ten years later. You know, usually the ones that hold up are are kind of the the more artsy, the more abstract. But Mirror's Edge, good lord! Like that, is it hyper? <laughs> that game is. I suppose it is in some ways, but I think of it as a stylized game, maybe because of the color palette. It's 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 like a it's a stylized architecture, but mm. you know, like the the textures and the lighting and everything is mm. is very much kind of true to life. I think. I mean, it's certainly not yeah. cell shaded or whatever else, no, right. but it's it is it is a truly striking game. And mm. this track has some of the spirit of that, I think. I think you know, so, it's yeah. it's it's not like it was all lost in translation. No, absolutely. This is uh, you're going to hear this uh, listener. Um, do stick with it. It's long, 15 minutes, um, but it does go through multiple sections. It starts off as a very uh, sort of low key ambient piece, but 
but uh, if you stick with it, it doesn't just do that for 15 minutes. You will be missing out on some rather excellent and kind of, uh, yeah, pulse-pounding electronica, uh, different sections that obviously are, are meant to coincide with uh, running across the rooftops and whatever else you get up to in, in Catalyst, avoiding gunfire, disarming people, I guess, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I imagine uh, they. I mean, they gave away the PC version on Origin EA's uh, PC service uh, multiple times, I think. Um, and I imagine, yeah, if you have a PC uh, from yeah anything in the last six seven years, I imagine you can make the the original two thousand eight Mirror's Edge look absolutely wonderful uh, running oh, at yes. ten eighty yeah, sure and, and uh, yeah sixty frames and, and whatever else. So if you don't get motion sickness, uh, which I know can be an issue with first person free running, um, that's why and, they added a little we're back to VR. We've we've come full circle. Yeah, I like to I like I like to make things neat. Um, I wondered you were talking. We're also talking about modding and um, or uh, user created content for Beat Saber. I wonder, given how popular the uh, the sort of the speed running stuff the time trial of the original mirror's edge was for for players of that game on the pc version have people made their own sets of levels do you know i'm sure they have that's a that's a great question and i don't i don't know because they released uh the like dice released those kind of um abstract like blocky levels for the speed running mario void levels of mirror's edge yeah yeah exactly and it seems like those would be you know, it's it's hard to create an entire city, but if you're just placing blocks, precisely, you know, you can make really good ones. But I don't remember ever seeing people having having those. Who knows? They should have put a yeah, like a level course designer if they're in there. If they didn't, uh, forgive my ignorance. If if I'm, uh, I'm talking about things which actually exist, uh, but yeah, I wasn't the, I wasn't the hugest Mirror's Edge fan, so I didn't look into it. But um, but as somebody who does uh, feel the motivation of of time trialing and, and score chasing, I actually you know I, I like I like the idea that that uh, that community exists. Maybe it does. Let us know, Kaderince dot com if uh, if you're involved. Anyway, thanks again, Jacob. No, it was my pleasure again. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. And listener, you'll hear from Jacob again soon on the Cane and Rinse podcast. And you'll hear from me again soon on Sound of Play. Uh, Next time, it'll be Ryan. And so we'll leave you with the View District from Mirror's Edge Catalyst by Solar Fields. (laughs) 